you have brought into this place. Lead us, guide us, direct us in handling your word today. Your word is already anointed. I'm asking you to anoint, God, our minds. Anoint, oh Lord, every ear in this house, God, to not only hear but to receive the word of God today. Help us, Lord, I pray, to be encouraged today, built up, God, given direction, Lord, by your word and spirit today, God, that we, oh Lord, may be strengthened, every soul. In the name of Jesus, we give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. Lord, you may be seated, hallelujah. God is good to us. I want to say thank God we... On Sunday mornings, as you very well know, is our traditional songs, and I thank God for our traditional songs. I don't want us to lose those songs, so thank God for our musicians and Brother um, Lucas for singing those songs, and he did really well this morning. Thank you for your choice of songs. It goes with my message today, so thank you for following the Holy Ghost. And uh, as we look at that first verse, it says, And he said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. David begins this psalm with the declaration, I will love thee, O Lord. David understood that the foundation of serving God is love. Not fear. Perfect love casteth out all fear. And I think it's extremely important. We got a teacher in the house today. and I know some of the rest of you got an education also. But uh, the congregation of that verb right there, verb tense, sis, maybe you can help me here. In the, active ver- in the active voice of that verb love, what would you say the tense is of I will love thee? Future tense and action. Future tense and action. You say, what's the big deal here? It's in the future tense, not just in the present tense. See, it's easy for us to say while we're standing in this house today and feel in the presence of God, it's easy for us to stand at this altar and say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Anybody say that today while you're in your prayers and stuff? I love you, Lord, because everything is going well. The atmosphere is set for you to be able to say, I love you, Lord. The Spirit of God is moving, so it's easy for us to say, I love you, Lord. It's easy to say while I'm here right now. When I'm juking and jiving for Jesus in the house of God, it's easy to say, I love you, Lord. When the bills are all paid, it's easy for you to say, I love you, Lord. (laughs) But David was confident about the ability to love God in the future. He said, I will love you, Lord, my strength, because he knew. It's not by his strength and his ability, but it's God's strength to give him the ability to say, in the future, I love you, Lord. See, we must love God in the present. That's true. Living for God must be a love relationship, folks. Living for God must be more than just a fire escape. See, David understood both the love and the fear of God. He had heard from the very young age. He had heard this verse of Scripture. Some of you may have never heard this before, Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. And falling on the heels of that verse was this very commandment. And thou shalt, and thou shalt, 
Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. I don't think that leaves a lots of other room for us to be putting other things in a higher place of priority in our life than loving the Almighty God. He has to be number one. We have to love him with everything that's inside of us, church. <laughs> Can God do all things? Yes, he can. God created the heavens and the earth by simply speaking it into existence. By his word, folks, the heavens were formed. By his word, this earth we stand on today, which blows our mind with all its complexities, folks, this was made by simply the word of God. God can heal, Brother Serrano, every sickness and every disease in this house today. If you're sick, God is your healer. If you need provisions, God is your provider. If you're weak today, God can be your strength. If you need clarity, God can give you clarity today. That's our God. Why? Because God can control the very wind and the waves, folks. But God will never force any individual to love him. Goes against his word, goes against his nature. God gave humanity a cho choice whether to love him or not to love him. It's our choice. You have the power of choice. And David said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The phrase, my strength, adds a depth, folks, to David's declaration of his love for God. See, David had this discovered the, the result of truly loving God. Loving God is more than just an abstract feeling, folks. It's more than that. It's more than just words we say, oh, I love you, Lord. Loving God has a positive effect on us personally, folks. See, look at this. Look at that verse. David linked love and my strength. Almost everything we do in life requires strength. <laughs> Everything we do in life requires strength. But love plays an important part in what we do. Strength is the ability to do. Love is the motivation that drives us to do. Try, can you hear me? True love can push you when all your strength is gone. Come on. Love can draw you to your knees when you don't feel like praying. Love can pull you to the house of God when you don't feel like coming to the house of God. Come on, love can keep you when all hope is gone, folks. Come on, love can lift you when you can't lift yourself by your own human strength. Thank God for the love of God. Thank God for the love of God. It's my strength. It's my drive. Come on, somebody shout amen in the house of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, pastor, I don't feel like reading my word today, but your love for God and your love for the word of God will cause you to get your nose in the book and read the word of God. Come on, I don't feel like fasting. It goes against everything in me, but when you truly love God, you want to get closer to God. Love will cause you flip over your plate and get closer to God. See, I believe it's clear in the scripture that David had reached an end of his abilities, folks, and his strength more than just once. You find it in the scripture. But I believe it was his love for God that gave him strength in God. At times, I believe we desire the strength of God, hear me, without loving God. 
We want the strength of God, but I don't want that commitment thing really loving God because we just want help from God. Hear me out. We all reach places in our life that, in our life where we just can't do it on our own. Do I have a witness in the house? We all go through battles and struggles. Can I hear an amen? I think everybody in the house has been in a place where you got more month than money. (laughs) Anybody relate to me there? We get to places where it seems like the whole world is caving in on you. Say, wait a minute, pastor, you, 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 you're, you're a pastor. You, you haven't got an ordination with an organization. I mean, whoa, you're a pastor. Surely it don't happen to you. Happens to everyone in this house. You get at places where, folks, it seems like the whole world is turning dark around you and you can do nothing to change your situation and your circumstances because God didn't put it in your hands to do it because God loves to put us in places where it's out of our control. Come on, I'm preaching here today. It seems like the devil has made you his personal project. Been there before? It's like, hey, devil, can you pick on somebody else? I got some names I'd love to give you. Go see them. Knock on their door. Beat them up a while. It's in these places that we desperately need the strength of God. But I'm afraid our necessities dictate our actions relative to God. We seek God because of our circumstances. But David said, I will love thee, Lord. He didn't even know what tomorrow was going to hold. But he said this, I'm going to love you tomorrow, no matter what's coming. Because it's not about my circumstance. I just love you, Lord. Again, you got to get into your mind. He was saying, I'm loving you for the future. I don't even care what the future is bringing. I don't care what relationships break up tomorrow. Uh Uh-oh, don't go there, Pastor. I don't care tomorrow if I lose my job. Uh Uh-uh. I don't care tomorrow what goes on and how my family may turn on me. Those things do not matter when you are truly in love with God because God's going to help you get through those things. Why? Because I've made up my mind. I'm going to love you, God, with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength, and nothing's going to keep me from you, God. Somebody clap your hands and shout hallelujah. We need to make a commitment to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, David had a relationship with God. Thank you. And the result of that relationship was what? Strength from God. Strength in God. See, we read in Psalm 27, 1 through 3, and I stopped before verse number 4 because most of you know verse number 4 of Psalm chapter 27 because after he gives us these three things, those three verses, and he says how much he loves God, then in verse 4 we read this, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord when all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord Lord and to inquire in his temple. This verse reveals David's desire for a relationship with God. It reveals his singleness of heart and mind. He said one thing, one thing, one thing. I'm not confused with a whole bunch of choices. I only have one thing and one desire. What's that? To behold the beauty of the Lord. I got to see God working in my life. I got to see God working around me. I got to see God working in other people's life. 
Oh, hallelujah. There's nothing more beautiful than the move of God in our lives and the lives of people around us. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. To behold the beauty of the Lord. That word behold means to perceive or have a vision of. To see what? To, 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 to understand what is the real question. You ready? I looked up that word beauty straight out of the biblical dictionary, the Bible dictionary, and this is what it said. Beauty means splendor or grace. Woo! If there was an ever a man that made some mistakes that needed the grace of God applied to his life, I think David falls kind of in that category. What do you think? <laughs> he made some mistakes, folks. Now keep that word grace in mind because we're going to connect it here in just a little bit. And then he said, and to inquire in his temple. Do you know what the word inquire means in this verse? You ready? I looked and I thought, wow. That's interesting. The word inquire means this, to plow, to break forth, to seek after. Not this. Not our, see, we look at inquire and we're thinking it's, it's my two little minute prayer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's doing my religious duty. I'm on my knees and I'm talking to God right now. But David was talking about something more when he says to inquire of the Lord. What he's saying is it's not about a two-minute prayer. It's not about me getting up and saying, okay, I got to do my two-minute prayer this morning before I go because I got to pray daily. No, what he was saying to inquire of the Lord, he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to plow. I'm going to push until I break through. I'm going to really seek after God. I'm going to really press toward God. Why? Because I love my God. And that love causes me press into the presence of God. Woo! When you love God, nothing will keep you from God. Come on. When you love God, when you don't feel like praying, you go pray to the glory of God falls in your life. Oh, somebody shout amen. We need the glory of God. Now you may be seated. Now let's put these things together. I have one desire. I want to see God. I want to know God. I want to see him in his splendor. I want to see him through his grace. And when I enter the house of God, when I enter the house of God, when I enter the house of God, I want to break forth and seek after God with all of my strength. We have no reason to come into the house of God and say I'm tired. You need to worship God. You need to praise God. You need to give him everything. Why? He's worthy. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Come on, nothing's too good for my God. What would happen at the palace of prayer when you enter the door? You just begin to worship God and break forth in worship. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Woo! Thank God for the presence of God. Thank God for the presence of God. 
oh God, we need your presence. Can I ask you this? Why do you come to church? You may be seated. Why do you come to church? Why are you living for God? Oh, it's a social event. No, 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 no. This is not a club. You don't come here and join this club so you can have the benefits of the social side of this club. No, 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 you're missing it. Oh, thank God for the fellowship, a pure, clean fellowship that you can let down your guard because your guard's been up every day everywhere you go, but you enter this house and you say, hey, these people have my back, so thank God for fellowship. But folks, I'm telling you, there's something more than a fellowship this way. It's a fellowship that way. It's a fellowship and relationship that way. That's why I need God when I come in the house. Thank God for the music and thank God for that. But I need to touch God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We need the presence of God. There's a place in God that's greater than God being our insurance policy. See, we only use our insurance policy when there's a need. We carry a God around in our back pocket. How many of you take your insurance policy out and read it every day? Some of you don't even know what your insurance policy says. See, we carry insurance to protect us from bad things that happen in our life. But we have more in God than an insurance policy. We say, I want to keep God close to me just in case if I need him for something or he needs to be here and help me in some thing. And to us, God then becomes our insurance policy. Can you get this? He becomes our get out of hell free card. Because we are here just because I don't want to go to hell. But I don't believe God wants to only be our insurance policy. I believe God wants to have a relationship with everybody in the house. God wants you to love him because he already loves you. He's already proved it on Calvary. Oh, hallelujah. My wife and I have been married 33, 34 years, a long time. Mom would tell you what, we're stronger now and closer now than we was 30-something years ago. Bishop, you've been married for 80, 90, 100 years, whatever it's been. 65, 65 in December. Thank God for people who stay together. <laughs> Just keep on fighting, husband and wife. Stay with it. And that's another class in another day. We'll go there. But a relationship that over time with God and through different circumstances and different difficulties declares us, makes us declare, God is my strength. God is my strength. When I have all my strength is gone. God is my strength. That love and that relationship, folks, will grow just like I talked about. The thing that kept David while he was running from Saul wasn't the thought of him being the king of Israel. 
It wasn't that oil that was poured over his head by Samuel. It was his relationship with God. If he'd have been looking at the moment he was living in, he would have think he would have thought God was against him. When Saul picked up that javelin and threw it and tried to pin him to the wall, he'd have been saying, "Hey, God, what's up here, huh? You poured the oil of me back up there, and now you're letting this man throw a. Come on, God, what's up with this thing? It don't make any sense to me. Because it won't make any sense. Because David wasn't looking at the present moment." He had a relationship with God that said, I will love you in every circumstance and every situation. In his relationship with God, his love for God, that love for God, as we read in the second verse of our scripture text tonight, then it made him go down to verse number two and begin to start saying this thing because of his love for God. The Lord is my rock. He could say in the next verse, the Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my God. The Lord is my butler. The Lord is the horn of my salvation. The Lord is my high tower. The Lord, I guess, is just everything. Why? Because I'm in love with God. The whole thing begins with a genuine love with God. And that genuine love with God causes us to have a relationship with God. I love my wife, so I want to be around my wife. I want to spend time with my wife. When you love God, you want to be in the presence of God. You want to be with God. You want to do everything with God you can. And when he gets done putting all these epithets of who God was in his life, he gets down to the end and he says this, in whom I will trust. God has committed to us if we are committed to him. Hear me, God has committed a commitment to us if we are committed to him. Why? I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed out begging for bread. Why? He's committed to me if I'm committed to him. Woo, clap your hands and thank God. Hallelujah. I'm about to wrap this thing up in one hour. <laughs> I wasn't serious. But I want to take you to a New Testament verse. It says this, Apostle Paul wrote this in the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians. In verse 12 and 7, he gives this whole list of stuff and he gets down to verse 7. He says, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. <laughs> See, God knows a way to keep us where we need to be so we'll always know where he's at. <laughs> Paul was saying, if I get up here, then I make God go down here. It's when I'm down here I realize how big my God is up there because he gets bigger and bigger. Why? David said, he's magnified to me. And look at when he talked about those situations. He was talking about, man, God has become big when, when all these troubles are coming my way and all this thing is heading my way. God becomes this big thing to me if I've got my eyes on God. Look at this. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Thorn of the flesh. The messenger said to buffet me. That's not buffet. Some of you were thinking about getting hungry right there. Somebody that make you get up and start running like you do at the buffet table. To buffet me, 
to go against me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it may depart from me. He was going, man, I've been praying and praying. God, take this thing away. But God wouldn't take it away. Why? Because God had a purpose and a reason for the things he was going through. Hey, you may be battling some things today. I'm telling you what, don't curse God for him and don't curse against those things. What you need to do is begin to turn your eyes toward God and say, I don't care what's going on. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to love you. I'm still, I will love thee, O Lord, with all that is within me. Why? Because God was doing something in verse number 9 of 2 Corinthians 12. He said this, and he said unto me, God says unto him now, my. Oh, what did David say? I got to go find the splendor in grace. So I got to get to God. I got to get in the house of God so I can see the splendor and the grace of God. And look here, Paul comes along and says, this is what God's saying to me. My grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Oh my Lord. Woo! Oh, thank God for the grace of God upon every one of us. Thank God for the mercy of God on every one of us. Now look what he says. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, <laughs> I remember my kids, we'd go on these long walks, and their little legs, boy, they had that energy. You feed them a ton of sugar, get ready for the walk, and they're mounting off the trees here, and they're ready to go. You wind them up, and you set them down, and parents, can you relate? And they take off, man, they got the energy, boom, 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 boom. And you're on this hike, and you're going all this way, and then all of you see the sugar starting to wear off. It's starting to wind down, and you get them and try to wind them up again, but they're not doing that again. They just kind of, because they're broken now, it seems like. And in the middle of all that, you know what you end up doing? Two things. Either you're dragging them by their hand or they're riding on your neck. Voice of experience. Thank God all my kids are way too big to ride on my neck anymore. No more piggyback rides anymore. But the only way we're going to get to our destination then, because they can't make it on their own, is to have a father. He says, come on, hon, grab your hand to daddy here. He's a little stronger than you are. And dad's legs are a little longer than yours. And dad has a little more power than you got. And you know what? We still haven't changed the destination, kids. We still want to go where we plan to go when we start. Oh, I still had a destination we're going to go to and we're going to get there. So you, I'll put on my shoulders. You, I'm going to grab by this hand. You, I'm going to grab by this hand. Because you still have enough strength you can keep walking. You just need a little help from the Father. Thank God I have strength from my Father. When I'm weak, God helps me in my destination to hell come on I'm not going back I have nothing to go back to I need God help me Lord give me strength God I'm gonna make it
Somebody clap unto the Lord and rejoice. Just forsaken. My God's not going to leave you laying beside the path. My God's not going to leave you where you're at. If you really love God, he'll pick you up like a father, stick you on his shoulder, and carry you when you cannot walk. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, I'm almost done with this message today. Oh, hallelujah. Hear me today. You may be seated. Is there any witnesses in the house where you may you were in a walk place in your walk with God when you said, I can't take one more step, God? There's no way. I feel like right now I'm on my belly and I'm tracking myself with my hands. And God, I can't make it. Anybody ever been there before? I'm going to tell you what. It's right in those moments of time when you can't even get your mind straight. You're confused by all the things that are going on around you that my God is still right there looking at you and knowing where you're at. It's God who decides when to pick you up and help you. And at times, God lets you be there. Why? Because he wants you to look unto him as your help and your strength from God. There are things we go through, what? To kill this flesh. Why? Can I talk to the men for a moment? We have struggles in life. You know what it's called? Our male ego. Our male ego says we're bigger, we're better, we're stronger, we're bulletproof and invisible, and we can leap. Come on, we don't need God. Why? Because we can do it on our own. But we need a God that at times brings us and crushes our male ego. Why? So we don't trust in the arm of the flesh, but we rely on the power and the anointing of God. we got to get to a place where we're looking to God. We need a church that knows how to get on their knees, men, and begin to pray and seek the face of God. Not only when you're in trouble, but when their things are good. <laughs> Look at this. For when I am weak... It affects me physically and spiritually. Can I ask you a question? Do you think we are the only individuals in history that has faced difficult situations? Nobody's ever gone through this before, God. This is a whole new thing here. And I can't handle it. I'm going to just go away, God, for you. On Judgment Day, you'll be able to stand 10 million people that stand up who was in your same situation. And he's going to say, did you do it? Did you do it? Did you make it? You made it. Why? How did you do that? God, because you were my strength. And I was not going to quit. I was not going to quit, God. See, think about Moses, the children of Israel, tripping out at the Red Sea. They're all freaking, whoa, this tripping man. Oh, wow. Whoa. Look at that. All that water. Whoa. Moses, you brought us out. You're going to kill us. Oh, look. Ah. There's Pharaoh and his men. Ah! Now, some of you look just like that at times. <clears throat> Be honest. <sighs> but we find Moses in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 2 saying this The Lord is my strength. In my song, Habakkuk chapter 3, there's a list of adversities and troubles that's going on in Israel and it's facing him. But at the end of that list, Habakkuk makes this statement, the Lord, God is my strength. 
in Jeremiah 16. Jeremiah talks about the future exile of Judah and the wickedness of the people and what's going on there. But in Jeremiah 16 and 19, Jeremiah says this, Oh Lord, my strength and my fortune and my refuge in in the day of affliction. Isaiah, when he was attempting to get Israel to turn to God, but Israel wasn't interested. Israel was, I mean, Isaiah was weary, he was tired, and he was frustrated. He was saying, man, I'm tired of these folks and so frustrated with these folks. But we find Isaiah saying this. He said, my God shall be my strength. Can I tell you today, history is a great testimony to everybody that is in this house today. My God has not changed. My God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. My God is the God who spoke the world into existence and he's a God that I will see setting on the white throne that I hope will say, well done thou good and faithful servant so I can say this if Moses and Habakkuk and Jeremiah and David and Isaiah if they can in their times in their situation in their circumstances in the wickedness of that day if they can say and have confidence to say God is my strength then you know what in the year 2018 I believe we should be able to have confidence in God to say God, you're my strength. God, you're my strength. Woo! Brother Angelo, go to the keyboard. Would you stand? Psalm 28 and 7 says this, The Lord is my strength and my shield. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore my heart my heart greatly rejoiceth and with my song will I praise him. Therefore my heart, the, the center of my emotions. Well, pastor, I'm not just, I'm not built that way. Emotions, I don't have any emotions here. I'm not built that way. I love God without any type of emotion. Hmm. That's interesting. No emotions. But you can show emotions if you win the lottery. I'm so glad I won the lottery. Because I'm just not emotional. No. It's interesting. They just released this elderly lady from prison. Just maybe thought this released her from prison, uh, President Trump, who's supposed to be racist, released this African-American lady from prison, <clears throat> gave her a pardon. And it's so interesting, when they interviewed her, they said, so how do you feel? She said, I feel like doing a Pentecostal holy dance before God. <laughs> she was excited to get out of prison. And you may say, I don't have any emotions. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Therefore, my heart rejoiced just a little bitty bit. No. Why? Because see, when you go back to the first of the verse, it says the Lord is my strength. 
The only reason why I'm here is not because of me. The only reason why this guy standing in this pulpit and preaching today has nothing to do with Daryl Sparks at all. It has to do with I only made the choice. He did everything. He's been the strength that kept me to this point. Boy, I've had a lot of opportunities to turn around and walk away from God. Devil's done a lot, but he, this verse says he's my strength. And at times when it seemed like everybody, even people in the church, was destroying me and attacking my family, he was a shield about me, guarding me on every side. Because he's my strength. He's my shield. Look at it. My heart trusted in him. I, oh, I am helped. Therefore, my heart, my emotions, everything in me, greatly rejoice. And with my song, I will praise him. Hey, God is your strength. God is your help. You need to get your praise on. You need to get your song on. You need to worship God. Why I am helped. I am helped. Come on. Does anybody want to come to the altar today and begin to let God know how much you love him? Do you want to come to the altar today and let God know, God, it's only because of you. Oh, I feel the presence of God in this house. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. You may have been a long ways away from God. You may not even have the Holy Ghost right now. But God has still been your help. God has still kept you. God today wants to wrap his arms of love around you. You need to reciprocate the love of God. Come on, if there's things in your life you need to repent of, you need to begin to start asking God right now to forgive you of things. Come on, you need to clean things up in your relationship with God. And if there's been some things you've been doing you shouldn't have been doing and you know it, God's still 